Okay, welcome. I'm Gal Ezra from Empower Funding, and we have Gray Javezi. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm from Survival Skills Podcast and Crypto University. Yeah, and it's really exciting because you actually DM'd me a link talking to me about something new with crypto. Yeah. And you said, why don't you watch this? And I said, you know what? I'm not going to watch it. Let's meet up. I know nothing about this subject, and you'll explain it to me, and yeah. we'll go through this, and I'll ask you questions until I feel I understood. Yeah. So it'll take the viewer or the listener through the same process, right? and then they'll come at the end with like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, that was clever. So the reason I actually s decided to send it to you first was because you're in, in a, within power funding, you deal with money. Right. So I saw it as a, uh, as a good idea because this is something that gives an opportunity to people that are in the tradition of finance. They might be interested in the opportunities that are available in cryptocurrency, but maybe they were scared of the volatility, like say right. Bitcoin, right? They're like, okay, it's great. But then if I put money in there, I'm not too sure if it will come out the same way. Mm -hmm. exactly. So the decentralized finance movement has solved that now, you know. So the idea is that... So this is, just sorry to cut you off, so it's, it's called DeFi, right? Yes. Which stands for Decentralized Finance Movement, is Correct, that right? correct. Okay, so yeah, okay, explain. So decentralized meaning? Uh, so decentralized meaning you know, much like Bitcoin, decentralized, permissionless, meaning that it's global, mm -hmm. there's no borders, uh, but also it's permissionless. Mm -hmm. um, there's also almost no need for KYC, the way it's designed, but also it's self-managed uh, using smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. Okay, so hold on, what is KYC? I'm like a newbie in this, so KYC... KYC is know your customer or Okay. AML regulations that the banks are okay. bound to use to make sure that they know who they're dealing with. Okay, so that's just a general business term. A general business and term. permissionless, meaning? Permissionless, meaning that you don't have to apply. Okay. You, much like a bank account is something that you apply, a bank right. can choose to not issue you a bank account. Okay, I see. Yeah, so permissionless means that you don't need permission from anyone. You just okay. download the app, sign up, you know, get started. Okay, so it's decentralized, meaning no one really, it's not owned by one location, it's global, yes. not locked into one border. Right. Permissionless meaning anyone can join, you don't have yes. to qualify, Yeah. right? And then K, uh, when you were saying that it's KYC, meaning know your customer, what do you mean by that? So you, don't, you don't necessarily need to do KYC. There are different types of services available in the market. Mm -hmm. Some of them you do, you do need some KYC because they're centralized in a okay. way. In a way, there's a l different levels of uh, decentralized decentralization okay right? but at the same time on the decentralized front it also means that you don't necessarily uh, need people to manage it it's mm -hmm. written smart contracts and they manage themselves just a bunch of rules much like Bitcoin if this then that happens and then it runs itself so there is no person who actually has control or holds the funds for you in some decentralized uh, DeFi applications you just, it's a contract, you know, the money that you deposit in that is held in a contract and you can see it is transparent. And you can also see how much money is outside uh, being used by other people. But we're going to get into that now where the money goes and stuff. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So I think so far I get the overall, but I, I got that few terms, but right. let's cut back into where you were before I cut you off yeah. about what you were saying. Okay. So the best way is to just make it practical, you know, right. the example works better. So. The idea is to make sure that the same services that are available in the traditional market, mm -hmm. that's the banking 
sector, right? Yeah. Are also available to cryptocurrency. So crypto has always been about speculation for the most part. If you think about it, people want to buy Bitcoin, store it so that they're like, okay, tomorrow it'll maybe go up, right? Right. But, you know, imagine you have 100 Bitcoins right now. Mm-hmm. Or you have 100,000 rand worth of Bitcoin. You just keep it to yourself, right? You're like, okay, maybe one day it will be worth more. Uh, so long it has been good for people who have had that mindset for a long time. But the banking sector gives you interest. Right. One of the products that are, that is available is interest. You mm-hmm. keep money in the bank. Theoretically, you should have something for the bank. You know, they use your money to do things with it, and then they give you a cash back to it. Right. And also here in South Africa, the interest rates are actually really good. In the U.S., money in the bank earns almost nothing. Yeah. In Europe, there is a negative interest. Right, right, In right. South Africa, you can get 6 7% interest yeah. with your money just sitting in the bank, which right. is amazing. That is where it gets more interesting because uh, it's all about, you know, we have reached to a point of negative interest rates around, the, uh, you know, in some places of the world because of just how money is managed. And, you know, it, it has been a debt economy for a long time. Yeah, and right. just to, sorry to cut you off again, I want to explain it just for the normal person right. that's not even in finance. Yeah. So the the idea here of the negative interest rate, the concept of that is that you have your money in the bank, instead of the bank paying you an interest just for having it, yeah. you pay them for them holding it. So it's a negative interest. You're not earning interest, you're actually paying out some money to them. Yeah. And that's happening all over the world, many banks all over Europe, and the reason for that is also to kind of get you to spend the money rather than to just hold it in the bank because it costs you money in the bank. So they encourage you to spend it so it gets the economy moving. Yes. You know, the idea is that your money should be working for you. That has been the idea, right? right. You put money in the bank so that you can generate interest on it. But like, like I say, you know, it's getting to where interest is almost non-existent in some places or you lose money by just having it. Right. And with the current economy, it seems like interest rate will get lower and lower. And South Africa is actually on the heading towards that direction now. Yeah. So in the decentralized finance, it's just that, okay, can we do the same, uh, the same model of banking of interest and stuff like that with cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit complicated. Why? Because crypto is global, meaning that the regulations would be complicated because you know each and every country has their own regulation. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you, it's decentralized, so you don't really want to do uh, the, the KYCs and all that, like pretty much like how the banking works. How would we do it? So, you know, the formula was found where you can give people, wh- one of the use cases of decentralized finance, the popular one right now, is lending. Okay. Pretty much people can borrow money mm-hmm. off the, the cryptocurrency as collateral. So if you have 100 bitcoins, or you have some bitcoin, you can deposit it into... Um, a smart contract, a DeFi smart contract, and then you you are able to borrow money, okay, off that cryptocurrency. So let me give you a clear example. You yeah. have one Bitcoin. You still believe that Bitcoin is going to be worth more next year, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, okay, I think this is going to be worth more. I don't want to sell it. But you have a situation that you need two thousand dollars right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to sell your Bitcoin mm-hmm. to say, you know? Maybe I'll buy it back later. Right. Or you can put it into a DeFi contract. You still have one Bitcoin. You borrow the $2,000. Your one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin in the contract, for example, right? Yeah. Whenever you make it back with a little bit of interest, you can put it back in the contract. Then you still have your Bitcoin back. Or 
you wait until your Bitcoin is high enough, you know, the value has gone up, and then you pay back part of the loan that you, you, uh, you owe with interest, and then you cash out your, the rest of your money. Okay, so the lender has to be happy with having Bitcoin as the security. So that's interesting. So that, that's part, one part of it, right? It can be, okay. there's a lot of cryptocurrencies you can use. Right? Yeah. So it's, for, at, at the very first principles, it's a very interesting concept for people who own Bitcoin uh, because no, you don't need necessarily have to borrow yourself. You can just lend the money to the contract. It will use the funds to borrow it to other people. You're just oh, going to okay. be earning interest. So, you so when you say to the contract, what do you mean? Uh, you the, lend the money to the contract. The mm -hmm. contract is the? The contract is the, is the smart contract, like a, a platform that manages the money. So okay, so smart contract is not actually a physical written contract that we think of. Like I'm signing a contract for mm -hmm. my new lease on my right, car right, or right. something or my property. Smart contract is a platform, a digital platform yes. that manages money for you? Yes. Ah, it, it, okay. is, it is a, a contract, it's just that written in code, right? It's like, oh, if mm. A, B, then uh, they, the smart contract in this way would work that, okay, I have uh, one Bitcoin, I'm lending it out, yeah. and the contract has to borrow, uh, to, to borrow the money to someone else at, say, 11% interest, mm -hmm. and then out of that interest that the other guy will pay, will pay back to the contract, it needs to give you 8% of that. The contract say will keep 3%. So it's written in code. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's it's pretty much banking in a way that you know you putting money into a fund almost. Mm -hmm. The fund allows other people to borrow money and pay back with interest, and then for you guys as the, as the lenders of the contract, you now get paid back rewards based on the money that was you know. Okay, I see. Out. Yeah. So what is again? I just didn't fully catch what the security is. What are what are what do we really have? Because what if something happens to the crypto? Um, so, I mean, even if something happens to the crypto, you're not borrowing the money. The, the borrowers need to have crypto themselves. So it's not like a... Okay, the borrowers have to have crypto. Exactly, because it's not printing money. It's not like the typical you right. know, banking 101 where they just print the money. Yeah. For you to borrow money from the contract, you need to have crypto. So yes, you just no, that, that I understand. So the borrower has crypto, Yeah. right? And now the lender mm. is saying... I want to pay the borrower money, let's mm. say 5,000 Rand. Yeah. But the, the lender wants to know that they're going to get paid back their money. Yeah. So their security, what they can rely on is that borrower's crypto, right? Yes. That is in the contract. Which is in the contract. Now, what if the crypto loses its value? Is that just the risk that the lender takes? Okay. So I understand now where you're coming from. So yeah. this is where I was saying there's an opportunity for traditional finance people. Okay. In the cryptocurrency market, there's this thing called stablecoins. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. No. Stablecoin is a cryptocurrency that is backed by US dollars or any fiat currency. Okay. So meaning that if, say, you have 10 million um, rand in your account or 10 million dollars, say you create your own coin, you print 10 million tokens mm -hmm. that represent that 10 million as the okay. bank, right? Yeah. The more money you, you get into that account, the more coins you print equity. You know, equivalent of it backs itself. Yeah. yeah, and then if the money is lower, you you burn the other excess coins. Yeah. So there is that we've been using that for years now. Uh, there's Tether, USDC. There's so many of them. Mm -hmm. So from a t traditional person who is like, okay, I'm scared of the crypto because of, of the volatility. What you can do, you can buy the stablecoin. Say you have ten thousand dollars worth of stablecoin, and you deposit it into a contract. You get your eight percent 
interest or 10% or whatever, you have no fear of the volatility. I see. Yeah. Okay. So you can do the DeFi thing not only with Bitcoin, but also with stable coins, Ethereum, and also other coins that are involved. I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So just to recap, just to tell you what, what my understanding is so far, yeah. and let me know if I have any gaps in my, sure. in my thinking here. So basically you have a lender, mm -hmm. right? Let's say I'm the lender, and you now want to borrow some money. Yeah. You have some Bitcoin or stable coin or any other kind of crypto. Yeah that you have and you say, look, my currency is currently worth 100,000 Rand. Mm -hmm. I only need 20,000 right now. Yeah. So I say, okay, I'll hold on to some of your Bitcoin, let's yes. say worth currently 40,000, yes. right? I can decide. Yeah, uh, and some of them are doing 50-50 ratio where all 50, 30, or, I mean, all 70-30, whereas, you know, th that's the collateral ratio where they can borrow you 30, up to 30% of your collateral okay. the value at the time of uh, lending. Oh, okay, fantastic. So yeah. you have 100,000 in Bitcoin right now, let's yeah. just say. I can lend you up to 30,000 yes. against that. Right. Right. Some people will say 50,000. Yes. 50, 50, 50% of what you have or 30% of what you have. Right. Okay, so I say, great, you need 30,000 out of your 100,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. We, go, we do this whole thing on a platform called a smart contract. Mm -hmm. They manage all this, yeah. right? Who runs that smart contract? Who is who is that? There is, uh, I mean, the, some of them are open source. S some okay. of them are pretty much controlled by corporations. You know, the small okay. companies that are doing this. And how do you know what's a good one and what's a bad one that you're not doing business with some? The, the best, the best. I mean, you for you, you don't really care because you, you're just trusting that the contract does the right thing. I mean, this is public code. You can go and audit it yourself if you want to. They've been audited by some of the best companies. But the decision you have to make is, is where you want to go with a custodian-based model meaning? or a centralized. So it's a custodial and non-custodial, meaning that the custodian hold, holds your funds. It's almost like a company um, that has a smart contract doing that. You know, they, you create an account, you deposit money, they have the money in their wallet. Okay, they keep so it safe for you, like a bank. Right, so custodian is somebody that keeps your money safe or right. anything safe. They can right. be the, a custodian of your jewelry, would hold your jewelry for you. In this case, they hold onto this whole Money, money yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the banks are your custodian for your cash, right? Right. Now, so yeah. the, you, they, the custodian in this case will take your 100,000 Bitcoin, yes. what's worth 100,000 in your, in your cryptocurrency, they'll hold on to that mm -hmm. and they keep it safe for me yeah. and for you, but for me as the person that lent the money. Right. And then I give them 30,000 and they give you the 30,000. Yes. So, so they, they, just hold, they just are in the middle. They right. They're the middleman. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a non-custodian though, somebody yeah. who they don't even hold on to it. So the, the non-custodian is very interesting because you don't even have to sign up. Okay. You have, there's no account. You just plug your wallet into it and say, I want to uh, deposit this amount of money into a contract and use it as collateral. Yeah. I can borrow money off it, mm -hmm. but it, it can also be used to lend other people, whatever. And then you have a metric that shows you uh, your earnings. Okay, I see. But what stops you from disappearing? Because they're not holding the money. They're not holding your Bitcoin. No, they are. The, the contract is. The contract is, yes. but they... I see. Okay, so there's a contract. Yes. But they're not custodians, so they're not actually holding it. It's like Bitcoin, you know, it's like asking who controls it, you know. Right. In, but in, but I'm saying in a non-custodian non -custodian sense, setup, yeah. they, 
no one is holding it, but with the other one, there is somebody holding it. Yes. Which is a bit safer. Well, it depends now how you look at it, right? It's like, do you, would you trust someone to hold it for you or would you rather trust the technology to do the right thing? Okay, That's where it comes. But because, you know, people can make mistakes and then they can lose money as well. Right. The but contract can be hacked also. That's what I'm saying. Right? And what stops you? I've now lent you 30000 mm. What stops you from disappearing to Bali? And now how am I going to find you? And how do I hold you liable for the money? Oh, you, mean you don't know that I borrowed your money it's just that you put it when you put the, the system does the whole thing okay so they they you they don't know that it's gal ezra that no. gave me the money but somehow you've now gotten thirty thousand. yeah but i took thirty thousand, but i have a hundred thousand worth of bitcoin in the contract right but i never gave it to a custodian oh okay yeah it's right? a contract it's, a contract. it's just a contract so yeah. you could disappear with thirty thousand and your bitcoin but there's a contract now go and enforce it how are you going to go enforce that contract? Well, it, it's the same. This, which, which, this is what makes it even more interesting that yeah. this is where the world is going. Where would, would you rather trust a person or trust a system? Okay. We still use Bitcoin to this day because to me, I, can tr- I trust Bitcoin more than a bank. Okay. That it will do the right thing. It's, it's, re- it's transparent. Okay. The money that is in the contract... It's visible. You can see this is the amount of money that's in as collateral. Mm-hmm. This is the amount of money that's out borrowed out to people. Yes. Right. So there's that level of transparency. Right. And not one person has full control of uh, of pressing a button and t- taking all the money. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so that's where this comes back to how the you know the contract is written. But the clever people that know understand all these things, and you know you can read their blogs or the analysis or whatever based on what they think. The risks are the risks that you should be worried about are not really someone running away with you with your money. Okay. The risk is, you know, liquidation. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the value of the cryptocurrency that you have gets under the ratio that you had to make sure that the the contract or the the, the lender is protected, it, you know, it, it goes under that, you lose all your money as a borrower. As a lender, right. I don't think you have much to worry about. No, because you've got the money. You've got the money. Liquidation, just to explain to the person that doesn't know about liquidation, in simple terms, is in a business sense, liquidation is when you have a company that owes money, Mm -hmm. but it can't pay money back to the people that it owes the money to. So what it does is it basically, you break up the company, Mm -hmm. and the person who was supposed to get the money, like the the lender who lent the money to the company that can't pay the lender back mm. that lender can now come and try to take what they can what's left from right. the whatever's left over from the company maybe they have some assets maybe they have shares mm. that they want to you know take over the shares of the company but it's not a good situation for the lender yeah so i can give you this by the way this is not the contract getting liquidated or the company's running this it's just you can get liquidated as a borrower let me give yeah. you a clear example so say you have a thousand dollars you put it on a 50-50 split. Yeah. And interest you have to pay back, say, 11%. Okay. Right? As an example. Or say 10% to make the math easier. So you have you have borrowed, say... Uh, 500 out of 1,000 because it's 50-50, yeah, right? So, yeah. So you say you've borrowed 500. Yeah. And now you have 50% remaining. Right. Right. And the minus 11% that you're going to make now, how much do you got? 
you know. Yeah, or the ten percent for ease of math. No, right? yeah, yeah. So over the over one year, you would need to pay back ten percent on five hundred thousand is fifty. Yes. You'd have to pay back five fifty to the right. lender. So you're left with four fifty. Right. Assuming nothing has changed. Right. But then if it happens that your the value of the cryptocurrency that you had in goes down by more than forty five percent or so, it yeah. means you lose all your money. And this is done to protect the, the lenders. Right. It yeah. means it means that the well, here's the situation. The borrower has lost right. the, the, the other half of their money. Exactly. But they have fifty thousand at least in in real money. Yeah. So they're happy in that sense, but the lender has now given fifty thousand, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, or what we five hundred. What was our example? They've given whatever. They've given fifty percent mm-hmm. of their own money, which they hope to get back, and all they're left with is half of the cryptocurrency. Yes. So that the lender is screwed, kind of. They, n- not really. I mean, it's the if I am depositing Bitcoin in the in a contract, I'm full aware that it can go down in value. So yeah. I'm not really worried that much, but the liquidation comes to protect the lenders. So the mm-hmm. math is already there to make sure that, you know, if you get liquidated, at least the, the lenders won't lose their money. The, especially the, the, the ones that deposit stable coins because they don't want any cryptocurrency exposure. Right. Those guys, they don't want to say, oh, their value of their, uh, you know, of their money is up and down. No, they just want to say, look, I put in 100,000, I want my 12% out of the year back. Right. You know? So and that is where a lot of institution institutional investments will come from because to guys like you you know you look like you know, I want to get into this but I don't want to expose myself to the volatility of Bitcoin mm-hmm. I'd rather buy a stable coin put the money in there and then you walk away with twelve percent and by the way it's not like the bank sometimes where you have to finish some bank contracts requires you to finish the entire period of twelve months okay especially the they used to call them I forgot what kind of what a fixed contract? A fixed contract account. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. right. Here it's not fixed, so it's calculated daily. Right. Meaning that even if you cancel the contract three months later, you're still gonna accumulate the amount of money that you made within mm. that three month period. So I think that's Yeah, right. so you okay, that's nice flexibility. Yeah. Okay, so And it's calculated it's real APY. It's not like the interest rate of the banks where it's calculated in real a what? Real? Real APY. You know, Meaning that's annual percentage yield. Oh and annual percentage yield. Okay, yes. yeah. So you'll, so, but what does that mean in three months time? No, I just mean it, it, it's calculated when they we say 12% or 15% or whatever, it is real 12%. It's, oh, okay, you okay. You know, the bank interest rate is calculated a little differently. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so it's pretty straightforward. It's straightforward. In, in other words, the percentage amount. Yes, it's percentage amount. Okay, so, so back to our example now. So the guy has taken some money, right? With, and he's done the smart contract in the middle. We, yep. we said that it could be either um, custodian or non-custodian, yeah. right? Now you've gotten the money, you're happy, you've taken uh, 30,000 out of the 100,000 in our example, right? Right Now we have the 70,000 rand worth of Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that's being held by the custodian, in our example of a custodian. Yes. There's non-custodian as well. Now time goes by and now the cryptocurrency has gone up, gone down, gone up, gone down. Right. The seventy thousand is now only worth, let's just say, worst case scenario, ten thousand. Okay. Let's just say. So that, uh, it, what is left, right? My my thirty thousand that I've given. Mm-hmm. 
Now what? So now I'll get paid. Now you're ready to pay me back. So you either can give me back 30,000 plus interest. Yes. Or you're like, I can't pay it back. Keep the Bitcoin. Yeah, so that's where the liquidation means that your your asset is lower than the money that you, right. you owe us. Which, so which in that case, I would just take this Bitcoin. Yeah, we're just going to take your Bitcoin. Yeah. So the liquidation means that you lose the Bitcoin that you deposited on the, yeah. on the platform. Right. Yeah. So that You don't need to pay back the money anymore. Right. That's a worst case scenario. Yes. Which means I get the Bitcoin. I'm not as happy because I don't have as much real money. Yes. But I have Bitcoin, even though it's less than the money I gave. However, it has the potential to be worth 100000 Back to what we started. M more importantly, you, you take out... Uh, uh, say a, a stable coin. So mm -hmm. you borrowed three thousand dollars out of the ten thousand you deposited. Yeah. And for you to get liquidated, it means that that Bitcoin is now even worth less right. than what you could have had. Yes. So that you have actually made a profit in a way. How so? It just means that you you have you haven't lost more money than you could, you would have, because if you say the Bitcoin, you said the Bitcoin is now worth two thousand. You know. Yeah. So now you have a big three thousand. You took three thousand, but one Bitcoin is now worth two thousand. Are you talking about me as the lender? No, I'm, I'm talking about I mean, the, sorry, the borrower. The borrow the borrow uh, oh, sorry, the borrower. Yeah. So that's good for the borrower. Sometimes it can. Yeah, because can, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The right. borrower is happy because he got three thousand yeah. dollars, and, so and it, his Bitcoin is now was worth more at the time. Yeah, yes. But now it's only so the borrower is happy. Yeah. So it's a bit of a game because for the lenders, mm -hmm. they could do well. The borrowers could yeah. do well. Yes, it's a gamble, right? Yeah, it is. It's a gamble for both sides. The odds, though, are you know, the odds of that happening are very tiny. But you of liquidation know. happening. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. And now, um, what happens in the situation of you have the the lender and he's given the money, and now it's time the year is over and the Bitcoin, everything is about stable. Yeah. Now, what if you don't have real money to pay me back? You didn't. You thought you'd make back thirty thousand rand in our mm -hmm. example plus interest. Let's say easy number. You owe me now forty thousand. You took thirty. You owe me forty. Yeah. But now you're like, I'm sorry, I didn't make real money enough. Well, if you haven't got, if you haven't been liquidated, it means that the money that the contract still has for you, your assets are still worse than the money that you that you, you, that you borrowed. Right. From. So then, I, so then the lender would just keep that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that situation is is. Could be beneficial yeah. for the borrow for the lender. Now the lender has all this Bitcoin, and yeah. he's like, "I'm not a Bitcoin guy. Mm -hmm. What does he do with it?" Well, so remember, you don't think this is not peer to peer. You're not doing me and you kind of thing. We're doing it through a third party system, which can be a custodial or non-custodial. Okay. So it's a platform. So for you as a lender, you go on the platform, you deposit your money in there. You don't have to use Bitcoin. Again, you can use a stablecoin. Right, right. And if it's time you want your money, you just go on the platform, log in, do, uh, and de uh, withdraw. Okay, it's got you. Simple. Okay, yeah. so the, this middle person, the smart contract, mm. will pay me out in real money, even if you can't. They'll keep the Bitcoin. They're oh, like, yeah, okay, yes. we'll keep it. Yeah. They'll give you the real money. The lender is happy. Yeah, and remember, there's a bunch of money in the contract, so there's always liquidity for people. There can be cases where there's no liquidity available for everyone, but how they've some of the companies like Nexo, what they have done is that in a case where there is no liquidity for people to withdraw. Liquidity meaning real cash, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, real cash, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no real cash for people who want to withdraw. 
they just increase the interest rate because the value of the contract becomes very high and they want to incentivize lenders to keep money on the platform. Much okay, like so what banks would do. Yeah, so the lender will keep their money in, earning a little bit more. Yes. But what happens when but so when do I get paid out? I'm like, great, now I'm earning twenty percent instead of ten. Yes. I'm happy, theoretically. Yes. But I'm like, I need my money eventually. How can they when will their liquidity or their availability to have real money, when will that be paid out to me? So it's still in the contract. You know, all those, those things have been thought out. You can read about it, but okay. how they have also gone about resolving it is that just that they would limit how much someone can withdraw. So that, you know, for whatever amount of funds are available, yeah. the contract would just reallocate the withdrawal amount. Say, you know, at this point, say per, you can withdraw up to X amount, say 25% of your funds maximum per person to make sure that there's a little bit for everyone. But the, the key thing is to just make sure nobody loses money. I think that's the most important thing. You know? Yeah, I yeah. see. Well, that's best case, but yeah. it can be tricky. It can be tricky, but look, these are risks that are in every system. You yeah, know, every right? investment in, has even, risk. even banking has issues like this, but because they're too big and the money is printed, so they're a little bit like, the risks are, are a little bit too far off if you think about it. Right, uh, yeah. okay. And now with this, uh, what was the uh, term? Uh, when it's a Bitcoin backed by real money? Uh, stablecoin. Stable, stablecoin. Yeah. With stablecoin, where are your risks? Because you have, I mean, does that, is that volatile or not? No, stablecoin is one is, is theoretically one to one to the dollar. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay. So, so now, if you have 10,000 USDC today, you have $10,000 at any time. You don't worry about the Bitcoin going USDC down. USDC is US, what is that? USD US, coin. USD coin. Yes. Is a, meaning a USD coin is a stable coin. Yes. 10,000 of that is like $10,000. Yes. Okay. So I now lend you, you have USDC, the yes. coin, right? 100,000 of those. Right. I give you 30,000, right? Uh, in real money. Yeah. Uh, for, against your 100,000. That same scenario. Yeah. Just with USDC. Now, what is my risk? It sounds like much less. Yeah, the much, much less. You're, you're only, you just got to hope that the, your stablecoin exists for the next five, ten years. Why would it not exist? It's backed by money, no? Yeah, it's backed by money, but theoretically, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Okay. You know, but the thing there is... There seems to be, it's like, ah, there's so oh, many... Okay, like, so the, the risk is in the stablecoin yeah. market, there's this coin called Tether. It has some risk because there is lack of transparency. Okay. Because these stablecoins are backed by different, they, they design differently, not all stablecoins are the same. Mm -hmm. Some of them are backed by real dollars, some of them are very, very technical, they're backed by other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, Yeah. right? Like DAI is one of those coins that are backed by a bunch of Ethereum, right? And there are smart contracts also. Mm -hmm. Now Tether, as a company, that controls the the USDT stablecoin, they're they're very reluctant to not to release um, the bank account information and you know to, for people to see and balance the checks if the amount of um, money they have in the bank account matches their circulating supply. So if it matches, they don't want to. No, 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 if it matches, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But the, why don't they want to make that public in a cryptocurrency market where everything is transparent? So why, or is that the question? Yeah, th that they say they, you know, they deserve some privacy and everything is okay and they're regulated, so they would want people to trust them. But that's the issue is that in crypto you don't want to trust people; you want to verify. Right. Know? So that is sort of uh, it's it's a it's a risk that you you would have to think about which crypto, which stablecoin do you want to go with. But what's the benefit to Tether? 
the tether, they don't want people to look. So why would you go with them? What's what's stronger about them? They have been uh, around for a very long time. Okay. They have big volumes. They're worth billions. They coin is one of the most used cryptocurrencies. I see. Okay, yeah. got you. So they have the reputation, and you know there are different arguments that people make. They're backed by different companies and stuff like that. And the other coins, they're backed by very reputable companies. Like USDC is backed by Coinbase, which is one of the largest cryptocurrency companies in the United States. It's backed okay. by reputable venture capitalists. It's worth billions, and you know it's a great company. Hmm. So you can look into all that. There's Dai, which is a very technical stable coin. It does not use use US dollars. It uses um, Ethereum to balance itself out in the market. Oh, really? So it's hmm. stable, but not by real money. It's stable by another crypto. Yes, by okay. a smart contract. It's very mathematical. You can also look into. Wow. That. Yeah. Wow, I don't, I don't know how you keep on top of all of this. No, I mean, I do this every day, so yeah, it's yeah. easy on my side. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Okay, so what, what would you say are the top three best kind of coins to work with right now? Um, man, I would say Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin at this point. Really? Yeah, you know, and if you want, then you can think about diversifying maybe. But what's more interesting to me right now is just that if you are in a country where you have no interest rates and stuff like that, I think DeFi really presents a very good opportunity, especially yeah. in Africa, in, in, in Africa where you have countries that have terrible, terrible uh, currencies. Yes. And there is no hope. They, it's like, you know, you cannot even keep money in the bank because, you know, you have 20% inflation rate or whatever. Right. You know, this is an opportunity where now... You don't need to be an expert. All you need is a cell phone mm -hmm. to have exposure to all these complicated and cool financial products that we, you know, you had no access before. Right. Because for the average person in Africa right now, or in most parts of the world, say you're in India, how do you access even the stock market? The United States stock market is the biggest. There's a lot of money to be made, but it's it's very it's not it's not permissionless. Yes, you, you know. have to be qualified. And you know, you have all that to, stuff. Yeah. So this is good for... A per, now, you can start with any amount, right? Any amount. So you, this is good for a person that has 500 rand, and they want to say, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to keep the money in the bank because I'm not going to get anything from the bank. In fact, it's risky for me to put my money in the bank. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use DeFi. Yes. Uh, which is decentralized finance. Uh, what was the final word? Decentralized financial... No, it's decentralized, decentralized finance. finance. That's yep. it. That's the term. So DeFi, which is what we discussed, this whole ending procedure. Yep. So I want to use DeFi, and I want to put my 500 rand into there and play with it and start to make money. Yep. And that's why it's beneficial. Instead of keeping the money in the bank, mm -hmm. you can generate some income from lending and, and giving and so and forth. And borrowing, yeah. Yeah. And now my last question, on right now at least, my question is, how long are the terms that you lend for? So I have 500 rand and I want to lend it to you. Yeah. Who decides how long you need it for? 12 months, but like I Always said- Always 12 months? Yeah, like okay. I said, these are calculated daily. Okay. So look, there are so many different ways to do this. Uh, there are other cryptocurrencies that give you 25% interest. Okay. Right? Yeah. It, so it's just that they might be more risky to hold right. them, right? right? But the thing is, if you're holding cryptocurrency anyway, so you say you have some Bitcoin in your wallet, mm -hmm. right? Then maybe you're better off having one Bitcoin on a DeFi platform and earn something out of it. Instead of, it's almost like you can have Bitcoins, five Bitcoins, it will earn you nothing other than just the value 
growth, you know, if the value of Bitcoin actually increases, right? You're waiting for the speculation. Right. Or you can put it in a platform where whether Bitcoin goes up or go down, you're still going to earn a little bit of money because, you know, you're keeping it in a, in a DeFi contract. Yes, I see. Yeah, so that's also one way to look at it. So DeFi, is, it's, gonna, it's growing. Right now, the biggest is what we have discussed right now, but there are other things coming up like insurance. Um, there is, I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, applications. So even for people that are entrepreneurs, I think, it's something worth looking into right. because you're now tapping into a market where many, uh, you can be creative and think of new products, uh, offering products that you know you could not give to people. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that is that is I think very important. You can tap into markets that have not not been touched before. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, and That's there is a lot of that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So now, how can you? You obviously work in this every day mm. do people if they want to start how do they start do you help with that do you have a platform that people can um the be- i mean i have a youtube channel hardcore yeah. crypto yeah but i if you want to a more organized approach to it i have cryptouniversity.co.za mm-hmm. it's a well, website where you go you can uh, get a course about cryptocurrency investing or trading and all these DeFi things are there you can learn pretty much Anything there? Crypto, CryptoUniversity.co.za. Okay, fantastic. And yeah. so they'll go there, and then it'll explain to them how they can just pick up their cell phone and start. Yeah, pretty much. I have tutorials step by step showing. You know, you don't have to know anything about cryptocurrency at all. It takes you step by step from the bottom uh, to where you know you have a full understanding and you be able to do this on your own. That's awesome. That's yeah. actually really cool. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely understand it now. Mm-hmm. I literally knew nothing about it before. So thank you for answering all my questions. No worries. And I know that there's way more to get into to yeah. really understand it even more, but I understand what DeFi is. Yeah. Now it's a matter of learning the details and you know researching further, yes. which I'm interested in. Right. Um, but this was huge for me too, because I, I knew nothing. So right, thank right, you for right. that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I mean, the, like you say, the, the, the research part is very important. Like, you know, people don't want to do that. But I think that's yeah. a, especially in these economic environments where you actually have to be savvy and always looking for new ways. There are a lot of opportunities out there and they're real. But mm-hmm. then you also, there's a lot of misinformation. That's yeah. one thing. And if you're lazy to look things up for yourself, you know, that's dangerous. So It is. I mean, as a lender myself, I mean... We don't do exactly loans as such. It's a different type of thing. We do bridging finance, but I understand the idea here, which is you need to know what deals you're getting into. Yes, uh, there are ways to lose money, and you need to know what where you're putting it. Yes, I think. absolutely. So this is fantastic because at least you learn. Then what I think also helps is people need to go to your platform to learn. Yes, absolutely. Don't just oh, I'll try it now. I yes. watch. I listen to this. I get it. Why right. don't I pick up the app and start? Right, right, right. Learn because otherwise people are just going to lose money. Yeah. So you have to know, are you going, as we sp- spoke about, are we going into who, who's running the smart contract? Yeah. Is it a custodian or non-custodian? Yeah. What is the crypto that the borrower has as the backing? Yes. Is it a stable coin or is it some other coin that you don't know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the custodian himself, like different platforms of different custodians, Mm-hmm. Some so th- these platforms rely on other companies to, to keep their money, and right. some of those companies have insurance, some of them don't, mm-hmm. right? So, y- for example, there are uh, like Compound, 
they use Coinbase as their custodian. Coinbase is a very trusted company, it's big. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can look at things like that, like, okay, wh what is the, say, the legal perspective of this with the other companies? Where are they registered? Some of them are re registered in the islands, some of them in the traditional uh, normal countries. So all of those are things that you have to play with in your brain and see, you know, where do you want to risk? Yeah. But most importantly, with, with with cryptocurrency in general, I just think people should just take a leap and really just get started, you know? Yeah. Put a hundred bucks into it, whatever you can afford to lose if things go wrong or you make a mistake. Yes. But at least just take action and then mm -hmm. keep going. It's not. It's more than just listening to a conversation, I think. Totally. I think you, yeah. you can start, Yeah. but it needs to be of an amount, really a small amount that you're comfortable with. Yeah, For a millionaire, a small amount might be right. 25,000 Rand, they're happy. Absolutely. For someone else, it might be 100 Rand. Yes. So just start with what you can be willing to lose. Mm -hmm. Do as much research as you can. I've learned the hard way that there are ways to lose money. Yeah. You know, it's business, but you want to learn yeah. uh, as much as you can through your platforms, other research, whatever, yeah. and then start. And the reason you're using a small amount at the beginning is because you're going to also learn the hard way probably a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. So you might lose, but you'll figure it out as you go. But I think the more knowledge you have, the more control you'll get over time over what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And there are other ways, like I said, uh, in terms of the decentralized finance, there's derivatives, there are companies doing crazy things out there, you know. Wow. So I would recommend people to, you know, look into DeFi and see what you probably can come up with on your own and build something on top of it. Because all these platforms, the protocols are free, decentralized, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So I think it's it's a very exciting phenomenon that people should care about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a couple of years ago, this wasn't even on our radar, yeah. right? When did DeFi kind of pop up as a thing that people are doing? It started about two years ago. Okay, so yeah. before two years ago, no one even knew the term. Exactly, you know, <laughs> but, but now it's imagine that we can create a financial system that does not require a bank or a bully on top of it, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. just self-running. Yeah. Like, much like the internet works, nobody really controls one thing. It's it's everywhere. Yes, you know it's you and me who makes it work, right? Right. Look, a lot will change and develop. Even ten years ago, yeah, somebody that does what you do for a living, mm -hmm. that job didn't exist. Absolutely, it just didn't exist. So this development is where it's going. DeFi. There's going to be more and more things. So when mm -hmm. you can be on top of it now, I'm even telling this to myself. Like, <laughs> you should. I should be on top of what's happening right now right. because it's going in the these new directions. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. DeFi for you guys. And more. Look, there's always more you can research and learn on your own for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, from my side, you can listen to the Empower podcast, or you can look up Empower Funding on any social media platform. Yeah. My name is Gal Ezra which you can find me, Gal A. Ezra, on any platform. And right. we have Grey Jabezi from Survival Skills Podcast. And what are your other platforms as well? Crypto University, mm -hmm. like I said before, and uh, Hardcore Crypto on YouTube. That's the YouTube channel. And I'm Grey Jabezi, G-R-E-Y-J-A-B-E-S-I. You search the name, you can find me all over the internet, basically. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Cheers, I learned man. something new today. Awesome. Thank this you, man. Great. Yeah, it was. Thanks. Yeah.